Welcome to Supergirl's Attic. I'm Cycles. And I'm Vivi. This is our companion episode for The Gauntlet, episode 13 of season six of Supergirl. And the topic for this week is basically determining what Kara thinks courage is, as opposed to the kind of courage that she struggles with through the use of Kara's plane scene from the pilot that was again Mm -hmm. used in this episode. And in the Gauntlet episode, courage was unique for each of the characters. It wasn't like one cohesive, this is what courage is, but applied in different ways relevant to the character's central struggles, such as Alex and being optimistic and Jean and sharing his feelings and (laughs) brainy and not being factually correct. Yes. And then Nia and embracing all of what her dream power can do. Mm -hmm. Yes. And these are not things that the characters themselves would necessarily value in terms of bravery. Like at times, yes. But they are often the things that they have the hardest time doing. Which is important for the sense of the gauntlet in terms of, you know, passing a test of courage, because courage is acting bravely in spite of being afraid and going forward anyway. Mm -hmm. And so pushing each character into a place where they're doing something that genuinely they hate. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah, makes them uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes, that is the true courage, according to this episode. And yes, for Kara, from her point of view, courage is, we see often, self-sacrifice. We see in how she's like willing to die if necessary, experience hardship, and then also self-sacrifice in terms of being less herself and and Mm. sacrificing parts of her identity. And, you know, some of the hardest moments in Kara's life have been related to self-sacrifice, such as that initial leaving of her home to protect Kal-El and to sort of ensure Krypton's legacy, hiding who she was for years, Mm. that identity, peace with the Danvers family, and sending at the end of season two, her romantic partner, Monel, who she found happiness with, away to die, is what well, she thought. Yeah, she assumed that to was what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. But then at the same time, like she says in season three, the first episode, I will always make the decision I made. So there's a certainty there with Kara. And, you know, you cannot actually be courageous without fear and uncertainty mm. um, to some degree. And these things are not deeply vulnerable in the particular ways that Kara finds it hard to be. She's sort of used to making this kind of choice. Even though they are courageous, there's just a deeper vulnerability that the episode is speaking about. And it's interesting because in our 6A companion, it's all coming back to me. So our recap before they came back for the second and third acts of the season. Mm -hmm. We said that Kara made an easy choice in the pilot to save Alex's life in a way. And then that opened the door for a more difficult choice, which was becoming Supergirl. Which raises the question, you know, why is that the harder choice? Because in this episode, 613, the show is setting us up to re-examine a scene we already associate with Kara and bravery, but then saying that maybe the moment there is incomplete, which Mm -hmm. I was excited about (laughs) as soon as I saw it. I was like, ah, yes, it's my time to shine. (laughs) Um, And why is that, Phoebe? So I have absolutely loved that scene from the pilot, specifically the one that they used. Mm -hmm. The one where Kara climbs up and stands on the wing of the plane Mm -hmm. and kind of basks for just a second in the importance of everything that she's just done. Yeah, And it's my favorite moment for Kara in the series because... It is the only moment so far where Kara actually gets to just be Kara. Mm. 
So to go back to the pilot and the lead up to this moment for Kara, until the turning point of the episode where she sees the plane crashing, Mm -hmm. we just get this sense of Kara struggling with having to suppress these huge facets of herself. Mm -hmm. Her general alienness as Kara Zor-El, which we know Alex nudges her not so subtly every time (laughs) she makes a mistake, Mm. but also her urge to use her powers to help others, like her supergirl piece of her energy and that she's suppressing all of this in order to maintain her identity as Cara Danvers. And within the show's original timeline pre-crisis, Cara makes the decision to assimilate and to just suppress everything and become Cara Danvers because doing anything else seems to put her family and Alex specifically in danger. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) then we have this moment in the pilot where Alex ends up in danger anyway. Mm -hmm. And so then the choice for Cara becomes, what do I do now? So she makes her choice. She decides to save Alex. And the thing about this that I really like in terms of kind of where she ends up after the save is that she's not having any internal debate about who this choice serves. Like Mm -hmm. every year in a season finale, we see her weigh some big choice with like moral consequences (laughs) and like what's good for the most people. Right. This isn't about most people. This is about Kara making a choice for Kara. Yeah. Which kind of reminds me of in the flashback episode, Prom Part 2, this season when young Kara was like, I heard you say you were going back in time to fix things, so I just followed my instincts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. So the beginning of the episode gives us all this setup as to why other people might need Supergirl or Mm -hmm. like why Supergirl is a symbol that's important. But Kara, in this moment of rushing out to save the plane, she's not busy going, hmm, the people at the Tribune need a superhero to write about so they don't lose their jobs. She's not like, well, Superman gets all this recognition and I can do everything that he can. Hashtag equality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's not even weighing like the opinions of what her family thinks that she should or shouldn't do with her powers. Mm-hmm. That'll come later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this choice is purely about what Kara can do and then what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And the other piece about that that's a nice kind of connecting beat in the pilot mm-hmm. is that Kara's already, we know, lost one whole family. But now she's in a place where she can save this one. Right. And so she does in her very, I can fix this <laughs> kind of way. Yeah. So then, you know, she does the whole thing. She saves the plane. We saw little snippets of that flashback in this episode. And so when we get to the moment where she climbs up and stands on the wing of the plane and the spotlights are there and she's mm-hmm. just done this incredible thing, it's the closest we have ever gotten to seeing one unified Kara. Right. Because we see Kara honoring the legacy of Krypton in that she is helping others. She's honoring the promise her parents made to her that she would be able to do extraordinary things like she just literally carried a plane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she's doing mm-hmm. it in order to save one of the people who most grounds her sense of self on Earth as Kara Danvers, mm-hmm. because that's also important to her. But. She's also becoming a superhero, and this is the important piece, as herself. Mm. This is before she develops a persona for it. She's not wearing a costume that someone else made. She's not going under a name that someone else gave to her. This is her, just her. Yeah. And nicely, (laughs) the clothes that she wears in that scene 
look incredibly like her current Supergirl suit. Yeah. Which makes it even cooler. (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah, okay, this was a super powerful moment. (laughs) But But, yeah. (laughs) So that, yeah, it begs the question of like what about this moment requires more courage from Kara? She didn't stay. Mm. She could have. Part of her wanted to, but she did not. Yeah. And Kara in this episode says, as she remembers how she didn't save somebody else after that scene, I didn't go because I was afraid to be seen. So that is the mindset that she is in. (laughs) Yeah. And the other piece when we were thinking about this that I was like, huh, that's kind of fun, Mm. is that Kara gets this thing that she's been desperately wanting for years, which is to help people in the way that feels right to her. Mm. And then she ends up having to watch it on TV rather than actually getting to stay and enjoy it. Yeah. Which is, you know, interesting because as a viewer, that's always been such a huge point of like, oh, a representative of the joy that Kara gets from being Supergirl. And that's one of the interesting parts of this episode in season six, the way that it is reframing things to be like, oh, maybe there's more to it. Mm. And it's not the first time that the show has revisited that scene. Mm -hmm. In The Faithful, in season three, we saw from Coville's point of view that very scene and it sort of inspired him to become... A cult leader. A cult leader. (laughs) Which is to say it was a very powerful moment. (laughs) That's that's a good spin. All right. I accept it. Yes. And he says to Kara, which is interesting because he recognizes her Mm. and he was there to witness that, you know, he sees her as who she is in a way. When I looked into your eyes that night on the plane, you were clear and free, but now your eyes are clouded with doubt and loss. I'm here to bring you back to clarity of purpose, back to balance, back to peace. Mm. And these pieces are, you know, embracing just Kara that balance being like all of herselves. And then there's this piece where Kara tends to sacrifice herself in terms of sacrificing peace and her own well-being, yeah, her own well-being and being up for experiencing hardship consistently. Which is part of being a hero, but also sometimes that's her default when it doesn't have to be. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, the totem sort of wants Kara to find the courage to be less self-sacrificing is supported by the music that is in that original scene when Kara stands on the wing of the plane. Mm. When she stands up and is basking in the light, you know, which is a hero emerges, which we've talked about before back in the first Sounds of Supergirl episode Mm. toward the very beginning of our podcast, where that sort of just Kara and the fusing of her identities appears throughout the seasons with that very musical motif, such as in the Dark Side of the Moon episode in season three, where Kara Mm. is about to appeal to the Kryptonian Council to basically combat the harm that their legacy has had on Earth through, like, rain. <laughs> Manel says to her, because Kara had been struggling with the fact that she has her separate identities with regard to Lena, you didn't need that disguise after all. You just get to be you here, Supergirl. And Kara says, not Supergirl, Kara Zorel. And the motif plays. Mm. That's a really interesting phrase there, too, in the sense that it connects to something else Kara says in season one about her understanding of herself and how her various identities fit together. Because she has that scene where she and James are punching things together. Mm. And she mentions that being Supergirl hasn't made her feel more normal, mm-hmm. which is why it makes so much sense then in season three that she's making that distinction to Monel. Supergirl isn't Kara Zorel. Mm-hmm. They're different pieces of who she is. Yeah. And the message generally is sort of like, she needs all the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Such as, you know, for example, in another scene where the a hero emerges motif presents itself, which is in season three in Legion of Superheroes, when Kara is trapped in her, you know, attic of the mind. Mm-hmm. 
And it's interesting because in that episode, Brainy tries to explain why maybe she isn't waking up by saying, like, you were badly beaten by rain. Like, you might be afraid of that. And Kara's like, I'm not afraid. And, and she's, she sure isn't. She's right. <laughs> well, she's not afraid of that. She's yeah. afraid of, like, being Cara Danvers and, and, you know, continuing on with that struggle she's had all that season, feeling like there's no point to it or it's hopeless. Yeah. And it's also interesting because the conclusion to that piece where Kara's stuck is she can't be Supergirl without also being Kara Danvers. Mm, exactly. So the part where the motif plays is when Kara sees Struki again. And that scene demonstrates the ways that Kara is not actually separate from the world and this protector hovering from above, this concept that she is struggling with all season three. But it demonstrates the way that she is connected to Earth's inhabitants and one of them and a part of the community of Earth. <laughs> and related to this idea of courage and identity, of course, Kara says about her friendship with Streaky, <laughs> I didn't want to touch him. I was so strong. I could have hurt him. So I practiced being gentle. And then one day I pet him and he purred and everything was okay. So there, Kara risks hurting Streaky, and yet everything turns out okay. And she has mm -hmm. that connection with Streaky. So we're getting this sort of message that Kara embracing all of her identities, maybe all at once, Mm. Is something she should seek out. But, you know, it raises the question, why is she so afraid of that in the first place? Why is she hiding? Which, of course, takes us to <laughs> her relationship with Alex. <laughs> Indeed. I have a quote here, which is, of course, Harry Potter. <laughs> it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your sister. <laughs> 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 Which Nia and Bernie can reaffirm. Well, but then also that was kind of the point of Nixley's thing, too. Mm, yeah, that's true. And so for Kara throughout the seasons, like the central Danvers sister struggle has been Kara going like, being myself hurts Alex. And then vice versa. Mm. <laughs> Alex being like, having my own things for me hurts Kara. Alex, having my own things for me means the, the world falls apart world falls and I can apart. never be happy. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, they're such a pair. They really are. <laughs> Sisters. And we see this in the pilot episode when Kara is actively saving the plane. And Alex looks through the window and Kara immediately hides her face like down and then like goes to fly away like to another section of the plane. The plane was rescuing itself when I got here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she has this sort of it's a sort of a shame kind of reaction of like hiding your face. Like guilty. Yeah. And well, that also identity piece of like, don't look at who I am. And then we see when the plane lands, you know, <laughs> generous term. While <laughs> hey, she tried her best. <laughs> no, she did a good job. It's the plane's fault. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, when everyone is clapping and celebrating... We cut to Alex, who her like anxiety is spiking more than when the plane was actively crashing right. <laughs> because she's looking out at seeing Kara like expose herself. She's genuinely more afraid in that moment than she is when she thought she was going to die. Mm -hmm. like, yes. <laughs> Correct. And then Kara, after like taking that moment to bask in the light, turns to look at the window at the plane again and then flies off. And of course, we see later on with Alex, they have that conversation in her apartment where Alex says, it's not safe for you to do anything like that ever again. And for Kara, we just see her like crushed face and it feels like a deep rejection of who she is and, you know, her choices. <laughs> Which it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's this reinforcement that she has to sacrifice who she is sort of generally. 
And, you know, for Kara, she says later on in the second episode, I need your faith, Alex, more than that S, more than that cape, more than anyone's. And, you know, Alex is the most important person in Kara's life and she needs the most support from her. So that is a really formative piece for her in the way that she decides not to take those steps and she decides to hide herself. And we see like the cracks in, say, falling when Kara is infected with red kryptonite. And she expresses not being happy with the way that she perceives Alex is wanting Kara to hide who she is. And she has that sort of undercurrent intrusive thought fear of like, because you hate me. <laughs> and so for Alex, we see the ways that when she is afraid for Kara, she discourages aspects of Kara's identity and the expression of those parts of her identity. Mm. Because that's what she was taught protects people. And that is what she applies to herself as well. Yeah. And that's also how she deals with fear herself. Yeah. And, you know, we see that in season three with Rain. She says, I know that you've been struggling for the past few months and I've been trying to get you to embrace your humanity. But forget that. And keep in mind, the car has been like depressed, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and Alex has been trying to be like, no, be yourself. And now she's like afraid. So she says, I don't know why, but this thing really scares me. So please be alien. <laughs> As opposed to that Cara Danvers piece. And then Alex says later, I told you that Cara Danvers was my favorite person. Then I told you to forget who you were. So that's that central struggle for them that pops up <laughs> a lot. And kind of related to this idea of hiding mm -hmm. and Cara maybe suppressing who she is or ignoring different pieces of it. The ways that she's not able to be courageous. Yeah. Prior to this season, other than with Wynn in the pilot episode, mm -hmm. when Kara said, I just want someone to be happy for me, <laughs> Kara's never told anyone else that she is Supergirl just for herself mm -hmm. because she wants to. Mm -hmm. So if we look at a variety of characters who definitely know who Kara is and who found out during the series, all the way back, you think of Jean, who found out via Jeremiah through some proud dad sharing vibes, <laughs> which is very fitting in a way. <laughs> but then when he encounters Kara as Hank, he reveals that he knows who she is in like the cruelest way possible <laughs> by shooting her with kryptonite and then being like, oh, and your sister's been betraying you. Yeah. <laughs> which goes back to this thing of like protecting Kara in a way that mm -hmm. actually makes things hard. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's also similar to, you know, John, like Alex, is like, we have to mm. repress the things to be safe. <laughs> yes. James has known the whole time, which that one at least isn't like a bad thing for Kara, but it's also someone else has taken that power out of her mm. hands. Yeah. Lucy, at the end of season one, Kara reveals her identity there is essentially an act of desperation mm. because her loved ones are being taken away for like, you know, prison experiments. Mm -hmm. And she needs Lucy's help to get them out. And the only way she can get Lucy to understand why it's important is to tell her that she's Supergirl. Yeah. And even when she does, Lucy's reaction explains exactly why Kara never told her in the first place. <laughs> why would uh, she hide? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why would you lie? And Kara's like, hello? Do, do you hear what you're doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Kara takes a break from telling people who she is for a while after yeah. that. Season two, it really, it's not a thing she considers. Mm. Manel already knows. and Yeah, yeah Manel already knows, but you have the exploration of Kara's lines as Kara Zorel versus Kara who's grown up on Earth in mm. her prejudices that she realizes she's inherited mm. from Krypton. But she doesn't tell anyone openly again for a while that she's Supergirl. So the next kind of reveal that we see is in season three. And again, it's one that is taken out of Kara's control. Mm. She goes out as Cara Danvers, a reporter, to investigate the cult that 
that is disturbing her immensely. Mm-hmm. And Colville tells her he recognizes her face from the night she saved the plane. Yeah. And in, again, an act of desperation, essentially, but a calculated one, Hmm. Kara says, yeah, I am Supergirl and puts on that air of authority in an attempt to get him to stop leading his followers to like jumping off of buildings and stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it backfires. But ultimately, though, he never does tell anyone who she is. Hmm. And he makes a point of saying, I've already forgotten the name you showed me. (laughs) Yeah. Because it wasn't about that for him. Mm-hmm. So she's got all these different things where the decision is kind of made for her and she has to react to it. And I know that's something that people sometimes get frustrated with with Kara. She's always reacting to stuff. But that's part of the that's point. sort of her struggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she does make a choice to tell Nia mm-hmm. that she is Supergirl. But again, it's not so much about herself or like her wanting to have friends who are also bicultural mm-hmm. and alien mm-hmm. or just because she's sad about Alex and she wants to like commiserate with Nia. It's literally like, I'm going to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you will be actively harmed by having this knowledge. Yeah. She literally voices like, it'll help, but I don't think it will hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't the most reassuring in a way, but... <laughs> yeah, but it, you can tell it's on her mind all the time. It is on her mind all the time, and for good reason, because the other person who finds out who she is in season four is Colonel mm-hmm. Haley, and we all know how that went. Mm-hmm. She finds out, she actively pursues figuring out who Kara is in a way that Alex has always been afraid will happen. Mm-hmm. And once Haley finds out who Kara is, she intends to control everything that is special about her and her powers and basically destroy the rest of her life as Kara Danvers and take it away from her. Yeah. Uh, which obviously is not a thing Kara wants. <laughs> no, it's the big fear with like her identity. So, yeah, which then ties really nicely into the ways that fear appears again in Kara's attempts to share who she is in season five. Season five, as we know, hinged a lot in different places on Kara trying to figure out how to tell Lena who she is and then finding out that, again, that choice was taken out of her hands and Lena Mm. already knew in a way that maybe wasn't optimal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she also does not decide to tell Lena because, like, she just wants her to know and be her friend. (laughs) It's because she feels really guilty about having kept it a secret Mm -hmm. and is worried about Lena's well-being and mental state. Yeah, and then later on in the season after Crisis, when Kara, with Mixie's help, is exploring the ways all of that went wrong and how maybe she can fix it, which, Mm. you know, her wanting to try to control and fix things is like a coping mechanism. Mm. Every time she goes back and tries again, even in the universe where she goes all the way back to season two at the beginning and chooses to tell Lena who she is up front, Mm. and that one seems to go okay at first, she's telling Lena because she thinks that's what's best for Lena. Mm Mm-hmm. She's still not thinking about, is this what I want? Is this how I want it to be? Mm -hmm. You know, is this right for me Mm -hmm. as a person? And then later on in that same timeline, she outs herself as Supergirl to the public again for Lena's benefit. Mm -hmm. Because Lena is dying. But if you think, you know, in real life, she did not make that choice when Mm -hmm. Alex was in the same kind of situation. And in the 100th episode, Kara made that decision with the help of Wynne, who was like, it'll be okay. (laughs) So she's still got that eye on, like, greater harm. Of course, it did not work out well. Mm. I keep also coming back to the line from Jinda Kalraz from season three when they go to Fort Ross of Mm -hmm. saying that uncertainty will be Kara's downfall. Mm. 
because when she makes that decision in this timeline in the 100th episode to announce that she's Supergirl, it's because she's listening to everybody else and she's not sure what to do. Yeah, as a contrast to that moment in the pilot where she just acted on instinct and did what she wanted. Yeah, and because she wasn't sure and she was making these decisions based on what she thought would be good for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Everything goes horribly wrong and everyone she loves dies. Yes. Which she takes away perhaps the wrong message, Mm -hmm. which is what the totem is hinting, Mm -hmm. which is not that she should never do it, but she needs to think of herself. Yeah. And we see that sort of same escalation in terms of Kara's mindset in the 100th episode where she's like, I guess I just have to take out myself entirely. (laughs) Yeah. After she does that and it goes wrong, she's like, well, what if I just never existed? And it's like, no, Kara, that's not the point. (laughs) Yeah. Which is why it is in a way kind of nice that they came back around to the magic and the fifth dimensional imps and stuff because Mm. Mixie was definitely leading her toward that point a little bit. Mm. But the other thing that's kind of interesting is that the 100th episode where she keeps making all these choices based on what she thinks everybody else wants and everything spirals horribly out of control Mm. is that happens in the first prom episode in season six as well. Mm. She says the things that she kind of thinks people want to hear or she says, yeah, I'll honor this obligation because I made this promise, but it's Mm -hmm. not really what I want. And then things end with, like, her being arrested and, and, like, her family being ripped apart. And she's like, okay, this isn't what I wanted either. So let's not do that. And then that moment that everything turned around was when she just acted on her instinct. Yeah. There's a strong message happening here in this sixth season. And so there's that piece where Kara is, like, only choosing to embrace parts of her identity for the purpose of helping other people or because they want her to do it or etc. And then there is the other piece of it in terms of self-sacrifice, which is the well-being part, the the part Mm. of where she's just the human person who like needs things. Yes, which is the piece that Kara's not a fan of usually. (laughs) And we see this really clearly in season three. Throughout the first few episodes, you see the moment in Triggers where she's meditating and Alex sees her and she's just got like this busted (laughs) I don't want to admit that I have feelings to you Mm. (laughs) but then also when Eliza confronts her later on in the season Kara says essentially about being Supergirl if I'm going to do the things I have to do which is we've just been talking about really involves a lot of Mm self-sacrifice Kara says then I have to walk away from certain vulnerabilities and to her those vulnerabilities are her own feelings about things and people yeah yeah And, you know, if we've been talking about this concept of courage and bravery, Mm -hmm. you have to be vulnerable in order to be courageous. It just does not work otherwise. (laughs) And so the very thing that is preventing Kara from being genuinely courageous is her own concept of bravery. (laughs) Yeah. Being attached to that selflessness. And so for this season, all these moments of bravery and selflessness that we see from Kara are not just her being like awesome and inspiring and which she is. Yeah. (laughs) But also moments where Kara didn't have the courage to choose herself, Mm. particularly regarding like hardship. In episode one, Kara decides to sacrifice her life. (laughs) You know, right off the bat. (laughs) Her favorite thing that stresses everyone out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And Kara's like, well, I was stuck in the Phantom Zone replaying the destruction of my planet for nearly a decade. Bring it on. And that's Kara's central conflict. She keeps choosing to make sacrifices. Which this is a recurring theme that we saw expressed repeatedly in season three as well, which was a very Kara 
characterization-heavy season. Mm. First from Alex in the season three premiere, where Kara's making excuse after excuse for why she's not engaging with her family and friends. And Alex finally snaps and is like, there's always going to be a burglary, a something. Mm. You can't use that as an excuse to not live your life. Mm. And then later when Kara's sitting with Eliza and she's a little bit more receptive to listening. You know, she says, too many people are depending on me. And we know Kara bears the weight of that all the time. Mm -hmm. And Eliza looks at her and says, well, that's a good excuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Kara does sometimes use it as an excuse. Yeah. And I think it's also just a perception thing of like not accepting that there's another choice. <laughs> Speaking of there's always another way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Kara always finds a way <laughs> to do things, like to save people, to connect to people. Like it's her whole thing is to have hope. But she does not apply the same thing to like choosing herself. Mm hmm. Which her whole family has said to her also. <laughs> yes. And not necessarily in terms of just being like indulgent and like self-care, but in like doing the hard things, the courageous things of like accepting that she does have that human identity and that human heart and mm. connection with people, even though it is difficult. And so in terms of this like choosing hardship piece, Kara says the thing about like replaying the destruction of her planet for a decade in the Phantom Zone. And you think, oh, well, Kara isn't afraid to die, but she is afraid of the Phantom Zone. Yeah. And then she chooses to stay there to protect Earth. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about that scene where Kara smashes the mirror in the Phantom Zone as this hugely heroic moment of like moral fortitude. Like there's this certainty there that this is the right mm -hmm. thing to do. And there's such a strength there where like there's no doubt. But at the same time, I love the idea that the story is sort of giving Kara permission to make another choice and permission to go home and take that risk, even though she doesn't know for sure that they will be able to defeat Nixley. Yeah, especially since, you know, Nixley figured out how to follow her anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, after Kara makes the decision and is stuck in the Phantom Zone and attacked by the Phantom, her worst fear is revealed to be that, like, who she is is wrong like her mm. beliefs, and that her friends taking risks for her specifically will destroy them. <laughs> so there's that I have to be selfless to an extreme. Yeah, which I think we had talked about the idea that, you know, on Krypton, there's no shame in asking for help. But Kara, because of her powers and her role that she's cast herself into, feels mm. like she's not the one who's allowed to ask for help. Mm -hmm. She yeah. has to give it. Yeah. And like in this episode, Vita tells her that the gauntlet will take an emotional toll on her. And Nia offers like, we'll help you with it. <laughs> Vita's like, nope. <laughs> and Kara is like, I'll go pay my emotional price. There's no doubt or question. She just is like, all right, I guess I have to suffer more. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, this is what my life is. Here we go. <laughs> yes. But then she does not succeed to do that. No, she fails on the first attempt. And mm. then she gets, speaking of, you know, test of bravery, mm. she gets scared to try again mm -hmm. because she's like, what if that makes things worse? Which is very close to how she felt when the phantoms attacked her in the phantom zone. Yeah. Of like, what if I do this and I make the wrong choice and it affects all these other people? But it's also partially underneath that a, if I do this again, and it pushes me into an uncomfortable place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, at this point, like, how much is she aware of, like, this possibility? Yeah. The other thing, too, is that, you know, and we've seen this throughout the series of Kara, her urgency to try to fix things. I mean, she doesn't always take those pauses to reflect mm -hmm. on the why behind some of the stuff. And it was very clever in how they pulled her support system, who'd be the <laughs> most likely to force her to do that. 
away from her in this episode. Yeah. Mm hmm. So Kara here thinks that the totem is asking her to go further <laughs> and, and push harder in doing for others. And we see her fly to save people over the city, which is a very Kara approach of just like, if I work harder, if I push further, if I make more sacrifices, then that'll be that'll be what does it. Yeah. And so in her second attempt, she's like, oh, I just have to do more. And it mm -hmm. never clicks to her that the more is something that's already very comfortable and very natural to her. Mm, yeah. It's not actually forcing her to confront something that might be scary. Yeah. And it's something that's sort of top of mind for her because she does regret all the times that she hasn't saved people. Mm. But it is telling that the totem did not take her to any time before she became Supergirl that she decided not to save someone. Yeah. Say the fire that we see in the flashback in season one in Cat's office. Mm, yeah. Because it is not about what she does for others. <laughs> but then in this episode, I think the reason that the scene where she's standing on top of the van is kind of the turning point and where things improve is because Kara makes the decision to not save everything herself and instead to restore her team and also then not paying some terrible emotional price, presumably. There's like a baby step there of like, okay, I've had this on my shoulders. This is not working. I need my team to be behind me, which is directly relevant to that thing that she needs to learn about. Like, it's okay to be concerned about <laughs> myself. That's kind of interesting because it reminds me of her decision in Solitude to ultimately work with Jean, even though she's still upset with him, and then to forgive Alex. Mm, yeah. Well, with Jean and working with him before she's ready to like forgive him, that is, again, that piece of like, I have to do it this way because that is what is better for everybody. And that's also kind of behind her decision here. But it is still, you know, a step forward. But then again, at the end of the episode, Kara signs up for like unnecessary pain, <laughs> where Lena is offering her a potential way to not be like randomly attacked by this head pain that she's getting from being connected to Nixley. But then Kara is unwilling to give up the advantage that it could give them. I think it's also kind of telling the way that Kara is sort of hesitant to tell Lena this. But then Lena, who is sort of new to the superhero end of the super friends and the ways that they support each other, sort of uncritically accepts this as evidence of courage. Hmm. Which it is, you know, it's just not in the way that Kara needs to grow as a person. Yeah. What is difficult for Kara is saying no to like self-sacrifice when it means helping others. And so the place that I think we're trying to get back to in terms of Kara's characterization is, say, a moment of true courage for her through vulnerability this season when Kara says, I don't want to be alone anymore. Mm. And it's vulnerable emotionally, and it is vulnerable in the sense that Carr saying she doesn't want to suffer. She doesn't want to choose that anymore. She wants like different kind of life for herself. So courage for Kara is embracing her identity and parts of her that are vulnerable and choosing to be herself no matter the consequences. Yeah. And this season has been kind of setting up for this the whole way through. And we mentioned this a little bit in the first part of season six, mm -hmm. that we have seen Kara introducing herself to people more honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been in scenarios where she's like, I'll never see you again. But, you know, it's still growth. Yeah. <laughs> she's fairly open about who she is when she meets Nixley in the Phantom Zone. And mm -hmm. then when we go in the flashback, when Nia and Brainy first meet her, she introduces herself to them as an alien mm -hmm. and is quite excited <laughs> to get to interact <laughs> with other aliens. Yeah. And that's where it kind of clicked for me. Like, oh, yes, good. This is where this is going. Because... <laughs> The end of Kara's arc in those flashbacks was, I need to make more choices for myself mm -hmm. because yes. they're what I want. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so in terms of this question of power for season six, the lesson for Carr is to maybe let go of some of it (laughs) and let go of the the certainty and control that she sort of strives for. And that thing that Zorel said, you don't need to carry the weight of this world or any world on your shoulders every moment of every day. Mm. And it's okay to be human. Yeah. (laughs) Okay to not be strong and to also have that element of her identity culturally. Mm. And then that ties back nicely to, you think, you know, Kat giving Kara advice at the end of season one when she's trying to figure out what to do about Myriad. Mm. And she talks about the weight of all of the bad things her family's done because that was directly tied to Myriad. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to factor in all these other things. And Kat says, just be Supergirl. It'd be yourself, mm. essentially. Mm-hmm. That's all anyone's ever needed from you. And that, you know, the way that you are looking at this is valuable on its own. Mm-hmm. Whatever decision you make, it's okay. Yeah. Kind of like Alex said in the prom flashbacks. Yeah. It will be the right choice because you made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see where Car's <laughs> identity goes this season. Yeah. This is only totem one of seven. So there will be more to come that will probably clarify mm. where things were going. Yeah. And then to round out our thoughts, we had some Nixley thoughts. They were not quite enough to fully counterbalance Kara, but there was some <laughs> cool stuff for her. So, Cycles, mm-hmm. you want to kick us off? Yeah. We saw Nixley sharing her actual <laughs> emotional hurt. What? As opposed to hiding behind her sort of manipulative version of that story and, mm. and hiding behind her need for vengeance. Yes. And so in contrast with Kara, who her, you know, easy path to making what seems like a hard choice is mm. to self-sacrifice and just be all things to all people. Right. Nixley's easy choice is vengeance. <laughs> As a route to power or to just feeling triumphant. Mm. And with Mitch's encouragement, you know, speaking of people having someone as a sounding board, but maybe it's not the optimal person. (laughs) He kind of points out, you know, it seems like your brother's really the one who wronged you, which is true. Uh, (laughs) But when she turns her attention to him, because the difference there is she genuinely felt wronged or betrayed, whereas she knew her father was never going to do anything other than hurt her or disappoint her. Mm. So that wasn't the test, essentially. You know, again, coming back to this motif they've been doing with shackling, we see the handcuffs appear on her before she can act and take vengeance. Mm -hmm. And so she's forced, in the way that Nia's mom said to her, to sit with the feelings Mm. because she can't act in the way that she wants to or the way that she thinks is the right way. And that leads us to what is a very nice bit of acting from Peter Sargent and gave us some new layers to Nixley as a character because we've seen this kind of angry front, but now we're seeing the piece underneath it, mm-hmm. kind of like Kara and anger behind anger. Mm. But we also saw some new bits and pieces to add to the collection of sibling pairings that are <laughs> conflicts that will be coming to a head in one way or another. Yes, which is funny in terms of comparing Nixley and her brother and Kara and Alex and the theories that people had about <laughs> yeah. what Kara was supposed to do being sort of similar to what Mitch proposed. But <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people who were like, so was Kara supposed to let Alex die? <laughs> which I mean, I also thought at first too. So it is a fair guess. Her? You're like, was the braver thing to just do nothing? But then if you think about 
Kara felt really hurt by the fact that Alex didn't like what she did. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's a part of why Kara's hiding. So, like, mm-hmm. it's more of the betrayal of that. Yeah, it is sort of an exploring what the season is asking of Kara that led, say, me 10 minutes after the episode being like, <laughs> okay, maybe she didn't have to let Alex die. <laughs> that may have taken an emotional toll, but it's not the kind of toll that the series wants of Kara. No. Especially since you consider in season two, she did reach a point of being willing to let Alex die if she had to, Mm. to protect her identity and the safety of other people. Yeah. Which it still fits in with that idea of like sacrificing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then you had another sibling Mm. connection. Yeah. So the bigger thing there is Nixley's discovery is what really clarified it for me. Mm. It wasn't the idea of, oh, I should let the bad thing happen. It was... This person really hurt my feelings Mm. in a very personal way that I haven't fully dealt with. Right. And that's something, if you think back to falling, we should work more on that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes. They have, but they haven't. And Alex saying, never do this again. As you said, Cara, you know, she kind of shrank in on herself and was like, oh, well, now I'm kind of tired. Bye. (laughs) And shuts down. Mm. That's a piece of it. Yeah. And that fits then when you consider that Nia still has to confront the emotional betrayal that her sister mm. caused her. And then there's still Lena with Lex. Right. Yeah. And then Lena's lesson was like, don't fight him. That sort of giving up power piece. Mm. And then there's Kelly and James who just get to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we have a couple other little things, such as speaking of Kelly, we had superhero girlfriends in this episode, which was wonderful. <laughs> yes. Alex and Kelly in their superhero suits. Yes, that was delightful, as was their little scene of patching up afterwards. Yes. Patching up physical wounds, not emotional things, because they were <laughs> they were on the same page. They were good in this episode. They were good. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have another highlight, which was Melissa's like magical prop acting. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> Which Wonderful. props are we talking about here? Because there were quite a few. The half of the slingshot. Oh. <laughs> when it sort of takes control. Like, yeah, when like, she's pretending it's like yanking her all over the place. Yes. Yeah. And then also, again, more yanking her all over the place <laughs> with the stone thing. Mm. Delightful. <laughs> and and speaking of things that spark joy, we have Nixley, like Kara, finds joy in being a villain in kind of a delightful way. The way that Kara finds joy in being Supergirl. Yes. one last little thing i don't know if this influenced the choice at all but i really appreciated the closing shot of alex holding that iguana Uh, (laughs) specifically because at around the time some of the season six was being written snl released this sketch that was in honor of the it gets better project from 10 years ago and it had kate mckinnon as a successful married lesbian who was being plagued by an iguana destroying her house so uh, thanks for that i only think about the iguana yeah it's so great that i can visit my wife in the hospital it's just a shame that she's there because of the iguana yeah literally watch out kelly so uh alex and kelly be careful with these alien pets that can transform Mm. into dragons like i know alex in her heart of hearts really seems to want one Uh, (laughs) but uh beware <laughs> and speaking of dragons, we got an anonymous question on Tumblr. Hey, this is the Anon who asked about Wonder Woman 1984 and the dragon. I'm glad I could make you both laugh. <laughs> New observation, Kara and Nixley now share a psychic link. The Harry Potter parallels continue. 
Oh my goodness. I definitely said that repeatedly as the story unfolded. And I was it's like, getting oh, excessive. Look, it is. It is Harry Potter and Voldemort. She has a conspiracy board. Well, it'll be fine because Kara is going to set up her own conspiracy board next week. So <gasps> nice. Maybe I am Kara. Who's to say? In an episode <laughs> called Magical Thinking. It's true. Yes. I do like that they've really leaned into some of the sci fi and fantasy elements that are just part of the comic genre. Like mm. the unpredictability of it, much like with the original <laughs> Supergirl 1984 film, has made it fun. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> you're never quite sure what's going to happen what next. But you're like, I'm here for cat. it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, definitely been enjoying that. It was delightful to see. Mm -hmm. Especially since they're collecting horcruxes anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> also, if you missed the post about it last week, in honor of Kelly's debut as Guardian, we did set up a fundraiser for a product called My Therapy Cards. They are designed specifically for people of color in order to use to supplement or to serve as a bridge toward seeking therapeutic help. Mm -hmm. And... The fundraiser is going to go toward purchasing and donating packs of cards to be given to people who have financial need and can't afford them. Yeah. So you can go to supergirlsaddict.com for the link to the fundraiser. Yes. Thank you to those of you who've contributed so far. We've really appreciated it. This was a charitable thing we'd been looking at for a while, and this was kind of like the perfect opportunity mm -hmm. to bring it up and showcase it. So please do go check that out if you can. And we'll see you guys back for Magical Thinking next week. You can reach us on Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at SupergirlsAttic or SupergirlsAttic.com. And thanks for listening. Thank you.